how to thrive beyond the trauma of domestic violence and toxic relationships with the creator of the Be Your Incredible Self program, Agape Garcia. And while I was in ICU, while I was undergoing multiple back-to-back surgeries, some that were deemed immediate and urgent, I realized that my life was being saved to share what post-traumatic growth is, PTG. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure, privilege. It is, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to come into your life to offer just a word of hope and presence for whatever adversity you're going through. We like to say we help you to grow through what you go through. You can always go over to the drbradmiller.com where we have over 250 episodes of this podcast which are going to help you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can get on our mailing list at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway with more information about our coaching and about our courses. Today, we're talking with an incredible person who has an incredible story of dealing with the trauma and drama of a toxic relationship, which led to domestic violence and even attempted murder. Her name is Agape Garcia, and she has the program Be Your Incredible Self, and she's coming to you today with her story That is unfortunately too common a story where many, many people deal with domestic violence and don't know how to get out of it. She's going to share with us today her story about how she survived and advanced through a terrible uh, toxic relationship forward with a a pattern of what she calls a post-traumatic growth process to get you through toxic relationships. Uh, You're going to love this uh, conversation we have here uh, today. We're going to tell her story here today. We come back uh, on our next episode, episode 255. She's going to tell us about her program in more detail, uh, which is Be Your Incredible Self, which helps you to process uh, toxic relationships and violence in your life and to get through that. Now I'm going to come back in episode 256 and we're going to talk about the antidote to toxic relationships. A series of three episodes here, 254, 255, and 256. Our special guest today, Agape Garcia, talking today about how to thrive beyond the trauma of domestic violence and toxic relationships. Let's get into that conversation right now. Her name is A. Garcia, and she comes to us with the program Be Your Incredible Self from the nonprofit called Confronting Domestic Violence. 
A, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you for having me here. It is such a pleasure and an honor, and I am elated to share my story so people can hear my voice, feel the growth that can really take place beyond trauma in our lives, and give some takeaways. You are all about helping folks get through trauma in order to have a better life, and that started with some trauma that you went through that you have now gone through. If you don't mind, share with us a little bit about your background, your story, which what some of the things that you went through that's led you eventually to doing what you're doing now. Wow. Okay, that's a mouthful. And I know we're limited on times. So here we go. Okay. So about 18 months ago, I was in a motor vehicle accident that gave me a 1% chance of surviving. And that was the first time in my life that I felt as if it wasn't me fighting for my life, that it was a higher power fighting for me. And while I was in ICU, while I was undergoing multiple back-to-back surgeries, some that were deemed immediate and urgent, I realized that my life was being saved to share what post-traumatic growth is, PTG. I believe that everybody knows what PTSD is and We all hear about the effects that it has on us mentally, physically, emotionally, sometimes financially, and not enough people are aware of PTG, post-traumatic growth. And it's relatively new. It's been around since the early 1990s. It was actually discovered by two psychologists, Dr. Tedeschi and Dr. Calhoun. And in layman terms, post-traumatic growth is when you go through something so mentally devastating that over a period of time, you're able to seek out what the silver lining is basically, where you became wiser, where you became stronger from that situation, from that experience, and then what you're doing with it to heal yourself. And if you choose to use that to help educate others, to help heal them as well. What I've learned about trauma is that we all have a a sense or an experience of it and from it. It all impacts us differently, but the one thing that brings us together is learning how to and sharing how to level up our coping skills, right? Because my whole thing is you can move a million times, but you live in your head, no matter where you go. Absolutely. And this is just one of a number of traumatic experiences that you've had, this automobile accident. And you mentioned there, and there's been a lot of research about this show. I'm familiar with some of it about when you have a traumatic experience. I use a kind of extreme example, people going through a war experience. Uh, they go gone through right. terrible war. I used to pastor a gentleman who went through World War II and was injured, was shot about 11 times and got through it. He had got through it and it made him a better, amazing man. And so you're sharing here about this experience that you had through this automobile accident. And yet some other things happened to you as well that were impacting here. And things happen to everybody, don't they? More than more, more than one thing. And so tell us a little bit about a little deeper in your experience and also about what are some of the actions that you took in order to start to break out of these things? Yes, definitely. Yes. About 20 years ago, I was dating a gentleman and I was in my 
mid twenties, I had everything going for myself. I had a good job. I was in school for my bachelor's. I had a seven-year-old daughter who went to school right across the street from where we lived. And there was an opportunity to move across country. And so we did. And while I was unpacking and getting settled into our new home across the country, mind you, he had went before I did because it was his job. So while he was getting acclimated and settled, I was busy packing and shutting down my side to be on my way. And while I was unpacking and putting things away, I came across belongings of another woman. In complete disbelief, I immediately was making assumptions and had to calm myself down. And I didn't even want to make the phone call to ask because I felt like I would be assuming opposed to asking. So I took that day because this was discovered early on in the day, took that day to act as normal, picked up my daughter from school, made dinner, did homework, shut down the kitchen, all that stuff, put her to bed and then sat down and had the conversation with him. And my initial approach was very clear. Hey, while I was unpacking, putting stuff away, I came across the remnants of another female. I don't recall you telling me you had family or friends. So can you tell me what's going on? I was met with the accusation of, oh, you were going through my stuff. I said, no, I was not going through your personal belongings. I'm unpacking, getting settled in so we can be prepared for our new baby, which is due in one month. And before I can even Yes, I was already eight months pregnant. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So before I could even finish repeating myself, he had already he had already struck me down to the floor. We Hmm. were on the couch. He had struck me down to the floor. His left hand was around my neck while he was straddling my pregnant stomach and closed fist punching me over and over to the head. And just to pause for a second there, this was not a previous pattern. You hadn't had violence. Prior to this? Correct. Okay. Correct. Not from him. Not from him. I got you. Okay. There was nothing that gave me a red flag. And to just give you a little bit of background, I come from a terrible neighborhood in the city of Chicago for years and decades. It's been murder capital for a long time. And I came from the heart of the city. And so violence was around me all the time. I was in a teenage violence, dating violence relationship as well. And my vow was to not be in that again. Mm -hmm. So for me, in my mid later 20s, I felt that I would be able to sniff it, recognize anything that had a remote correlation to violence. And in this particular situation, There was none. Until then. None that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Until this moment. So I hear my daughter's voice at the top of the stairs. Mom. Mom, a scared voice that I never heard before in my life. And my brain registered that in less than half a second. And I clearly remember saying, that's my daughter. And my feet slammed on the floor and my hips are thrusted to the ceiling. My neck is used as a kickstand. He rolls over the top of me. I don't know how in the world I popped up on my feet. By the time I got around the couch, her little foot was taking the last step off that stair. I grabbed her hand and barefoot and in pajamas, we ran out of the door just like that to the next available door that had a light on that I can knock on and ask to use their phone. So in a matter of 15 minutes, the entire life I had just given up, 
the school I left, the job I left, the hmm. school that I transferred my daughter out of, my friends, my support system, everything, everything that I left. And I'm now in this new space that I know nobody, no friends, no family. I was only there for about um, three weeks. And that was more so of getting my daughter into sure. her new routine, into her new school, learning what doctors I'm going to see and all that kind of stuff. So Completely let's just hit the, I'll hit the pause with you just a second, just for our audience to hear the amount of trauma you had going on right here in this moment. You had moving across the country. You had, you were previously a single mom of a seven-year-old. You're in a new relationship. You're moving out of the familiar territory to unfamiliar territory. And then all of a sudden you have unexpected violence and you've come from violence. And then you mentioned about a car accident earlier. You have had some of the highest levels of stressors that people have. I think you're aware about that. I'm just saying that, and you're pregnant. <laughs> and so all that's going on. So just to our audience aware that you had a high level of trauma and you had to process it very quickly, didn't you? You had to deal with it. Oh yeah. There was no logic. It was just and responding. It was instinctive mm -hmm. response. Okay. It's because I had to, as my daughter's voice is what triggered my reaction. I know that I was squirming and making noise and trying to do something, but it wasn't until I heard my daughter's scared voice that sure. my body just, the adrenaline was like, woof, through hey. my body. And I just reacted. Well, I, it wanted, wasn't until- You went into protective maternal mode there, among other things, and went at it, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And obviously, sleeping that night was not a thing. The police did show up. They did see all the blood blisters behind my ear. He mm -hmm. was punching me in my head, not in my face. If he was punching me in my face, I probably would have had broken bones in my face based on the welts and the purple blood blisters I had behind my ear and on my head. I knew I couldn't go to the emergency room right away because I kept thinking about my, my seven-year-old. I wanted her to just... Be like, feel safe, not have her exposed to all of what was going on. In my eyes, she was, a, she's a little girl. As sure. far removed as I can keep her and like possibly keep her is my main goal. So I did not know what the laws were in the new state. I had no idea. When the police showed up, they took the pictures. They ended up arresting him. I tried to call shelters. I tried to see if there was somewhere or someplace that we could go for the night. And there really is no such thing as immediate help. So I did not want to go to the emergency room. I wasn't going to drag my daughter through all of that. And then have her hear the stories that I'm sharing with the doctors while she's looking at her mother pregnant, not knowing if her unborn child is okay, her baby sibling, like just too much for her. So I ended up going back to my apartment because I knew he had was arrested and he had been taken away. Okay. So I just barricaded the door, told her we had a secret word that if she heard me screaming at the top of my lungs to jump out the window, jump on the patio, go to the same door that we knocked on. Like I, I literally had an escape plan for her. Wow. Wow. And the crazy thing is she was like, okay, mom, <laughs> like there was nothing <laughs> hey, to it. Got to like, do it. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And so I said, thank God. So you got, so what did you do in that situation? And what were some of the things, lessons you've learned about? A lot of people get stuck. A, a lot of people get stuck in whatever they're doing. They stay in those type of relationships or they stay in a bad place. And you've now taken some actions to start to break out of this 
pattern. What did you do to get out of that situation, for instance? I testified. I testified. My childhood, my background is violence from, like I said, teenage dating to the neighborhood I grew up in with the gangbangers on every corner, having to walk through a metal detector just to go to school every day. My mother abandoned me when I was two years old because the toxic environment that she was in was too much for her to handle. But yet and still, she didn't take me with. She left me there. So she left the environment she couldn't handle. And I was stuck in that. So I've been exposed to this type of stuff all my life, which was why I broke that chain in my early or my late teenage years because of my first child. I was not going to raise her or bring her into the same environment that I was. Your child was your motivation to break the pattern. That's right. Both times. So my, my, my oldest Okay. She helped me break that pattern of violence when I was teenager and I had zero tolerance since it's the day she was born and I was not a part of my life. So in my later twenties, when I did meet this gentleman and we did have a relationship for some time, I didn't see anything. I was not a recipient of anything, but I later learned that narcissism, Hmm. narcissistic behaviors, isn't something that you can see or smell or really have the red flags in the beginning or through the process if that wasn't a part of it, if that wasn't an experience you had previously. Narcissists by their nature, by the disorder, are premier manipulators. Yep. So understanding the power and control wheel, I had zero finances. I voluntarily left my job. I had zero friends. I left them all behind. Over a thousand miles, I moved. My family, which I'm an only child, so I don't really have much of family, no cousins, no nothing. My friends are my family, but still, I left every single thing that I built my mm-hmm. entire life. Sure. And was and then found myself with nothing. Immediate help, again, I'm saying food finances, shelter, things that are needed right away are not particularly available for real-time victims. What I've gone through, what I've went through, I'll say like from that night for the first couple of days, sleepless nights, that is, I conducted so much research. I was in prayer, of course, asking why, how. It was so many like questions and doubts and the anxiety that I couldn't get off of me. I just felt so stupid and I was ashamed and there was... I was, I couldn't go back. I was deemed high risk. And what would I go back for to be embarrassed? There's a lot of stigma that comes behind that because also the way that you're, some of us are raised is you made your bed, you lie in it. Those were your decisions. You figure it out. And unfortunately that is my reality because I don't have family that, or, you know, parents that I can call and say, I need to come home. There is no such thing. No place. Okay. And yet, so you had to figure it out unfortunately, or the circumstances were such, and you decided to not go bad with your circumstances. So you had your period of time, your wilderness experiences, or what I like to call it oftentimes, you had to go through this painful time, but you chose not to stay there. And A, that there's a lot of people, a lot of women particularly, in similar circumstances that you've described, who remain in that cycle, remain stuck in that cycle of trauma and drama and domestic violence. And you got out of it. And so you've already mentioned you had your crisis moments, food and shelter and caring for your child and children. And yet here you are being an advocate for people in domestic violence. And there is more to you than what we're talking about here, the crisis management. Crisis management, everybody goes through survival mode, right? But you've done more than that. 
you have broken through to do some other things. Give me at least one thing that you've done to break that pattern for you to sustain it to be a contributor now, not just a consumer of of the resources. We're going to leave uh, our conversation with uh, A. Garcia, Agape Garcia, right there. Uh, leave you kind of looking for more because when we come back on episode number 255 of Beyond Adversity, uh, Agape Garcia is going to speak to us. She's talked to her about her process of kind of surviving her toxic relationship in the, here in episode number 254. And then in episode 255, our next episode, when we come back uh, in our next episode of Beyond Adversity, she's going to share with us about what to do, what you can do. If you've got a friend in this situation, if you're in this situation, uh, particularly about what she calls post-dramatic growth and her pro- uh, her program, which is about called Be Your Incredible Self. But let me give you just a couple of takeaways from our conversation today. And it's basically uh, these two concepts survive and advance. You can't get on with your life and you can't serve your child in her case or serve others or do any good in the world unless you get through the trauma and drama. And it's so easy to stay stuck there. And what, uh, what uh, Agape Garcia teaches us is some of the survival tactics and some of the things that are necessary and some of the inner wherewithal that you got to have in order to do this. So survive and advance. And you can see how her motivation of her daughter was a huge part of that. I look forward to being with you again real soon. Again, I just want to remind you in episode 200 program, be your incredible self, which is going to be helpful to you. Then in episode 256, I'm going to reflect on these things out of my experience of 42 years as a pastor and with a doctoral degree in transformational leadership and my experience to speak to what you can do about toxic relationships before they get to be really, really terrible and, uh, you know, even dangerous. I'm going to call it the antidote to toxic relationships. I hope that you'll join me then. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast, we're all about serving you. We love you. We want to care for you and serve you. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 250 episodes of this podcast designed to serve you to get through depression, divorce, disease, debt, even death, those adversities in life, and to help you to navigate them. You can get on our mailing list and find out more about us at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway and find out more about our coaching and courses there. We're here to serve you and to help you to grow through what you go through and to navigate adversity, achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. We invite you to join us next time here on Beyond Adversity. And until then, good people, continue to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.